Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode 30, Jazz Hands. 30! Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Engineer Dan. <laughs> the big 3-0. I'm excited, as we always are. How are you, Lindsay? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm totally excited. We have a, a special episode today, sort of special to me, I guess. We're going to we're going to flip it and reverse it. We are going to talk about a herb and pretty much only a herb today. We're going to talk about nettles because we always uh we always enjoy doing our um plant segments at the end of episodes, but there's just so much to talk about with nettles and it's it's a big one. Um so I think we've learned our lesson in the past with episodes like Sage where we tried to like sneak in Sage with another topic and that was probably not a smart idea. So we're we're going to just give nettles its its full its full range of motion and explore it. Um, in full. I'm sure we'll still forget stuff, but <laughs> but that's that's what we're talking about oh, yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Metal is deserving of a full episode, I think. Yeah, for sure. We've got we've got what what it is, we've got where to find it, we've got how to use it, we've got folklore, we've got a fairy tale. So even if you're like, Oh yeah. I don't like the plant episode, stick around for the fairy tale. Yeah. Fairy tale's fun. <laughs> Okay, so I've teased Lindsay uh, before we sat down to record because there was a cat article uh, on the uh, news this week that Lindsay hasn't seen. So I'm going to send Lindsay, um, I'm going to send you the link now. But okay. All right, sending it to you now. Hoping, there we go. So our, our, cat story this week although our cats did plenty of cute and adorable and interesting things seriously stop what you're doing if you're listening right now take out your phone check out biscuits and gravy the cat from oregon it's Aww. it's so cute it's so cute i just want to pet both oh, its little faces <laughs> oh my goodness it's a two-faced cat it's so cute have you ever seen a freak a freaky animal like that like a I don't know, like, not a three-legged dog. I think everybody's seen a three-legged dog or a cat with no tail, but, like, you know, a goat with two heads or a cat with two faces or or anything like that. I have never seen a two-faced cat. I have never seen Ever. a two-faced cat either. And I oh. love that he's biscuits and gravy. It's <laughs> so cute. Yeah, that's a great name, too. It's, yeah. What a cutie patootie. Yeah. I hope Love that cat makes it. <laughs> I don't know what the the <laughs> lifespan so. of a cat that has two faces and probably sharing one brain is, but it's adorable. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm always the person that's like looking through like the like adopt a pet websites or whatever and they've got plenty of like healthy, normal, thriving, friendly cats. And I'm like, but look at this one. It's missing an ear and an eye and it has diabetes and it's 16 years old. <laughs> it could just come and die at my house <laughs> because I will love it for the end of its days. And that's how I, I feel akin to that with Biscuits and Graver. I'm like, oh, I could take care of it. I'm, I am not equipped to take care of a cat with diabetes, a blind cat, cat like pretty much any issue beyond like if I can't shave like if I can't shave it off then it's a problem beyond my capabilities. 
yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm totally with you. If it can't be easily taken care of, then I probably shouldn't be responsible for it. <laughs> but kudos to <laughs> kudos to those uh, cat parents out there that are going to take care of biscuits and gravy. Seriously, listeners, if you haven't checked this out, pause the episode and go do it right now. It's adorable. Come back. But definitely check it out. I don't even think you need to pause the episode. I mean, Engineer Dan chiming in here. Feel free to just, you know, open up an additional app on your phone. (laughs) I'm a one one task, one thing Go ahead and open up up a second tab on your browser. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Anyway, back to my engineering booth. Uh, I don't I don't technology. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh well, maybe uh maybe you've got a cat that has two faces or you want to tell us about the time that you saw a goat with three heads. I don't know. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, if you want to explain to me how the internet works, feel free to drop us a line at 5C2Ppod on Instagram or 5C2Ppod at Gmail. And we will like, respond, comment, share, whatever is appropriate. Um, you know, don't be, don't be a weirdo. We will block you. But we definitely welcome and love getting mail and messages. So drop us a line. Yeah, totally. Back in a second with some nettle stuff. Nettles. Yeah. I need a yeah. nettle song. <laughs> we should write a we'll nettles rap. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, we are back to talk about nettles, but first, we fucking forgot to light our candle. Damn it. <laughs> Yes! You were doing so well! Oh, man. You know, so if you listened to the last episode, you're aware our uh, spring ritual candle really sort of bit the biscuit. It's it's too dangerous to burn right now. It got down too low. It's spilling wax everywhere. So I have a little beeswax pillar candle that I use for my own little personal uh, meditation moments. I'm going to use that today instead because I think it is nice to light a candle. It's It's our thing. So here we go. I'm going to light it. Shit. Also, there we go. I've only got one match, too. So it's do or die on this candle. Lindsay, I looked to my right while I wasn't paying attention to her lighting the candle. And when as soon as she made that sound and went shit, I I thought she'd lost an eyebrow. (laughs) That's what I thought, too, at first. I was like, oh, no, something terrible has happened. We have one. We have one. We have one match, but it's like a D&D torch. <laughs> All right. All right. It's sort of lit. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, there we go. We'll get a new candle soon. This problem won't be a problem anymore. So on to the topic of the day, nettles. I want to see how many different ways yeah. I can say this. <laughs> so I want to probably <laughs> refer to this as a herb at some point with an H. And it's not really a herb. It's a medicinal plant. It's a edible plant. It's an invasive plant. And there's over 500 different varieties in the world. A lot of them actually grow in tropical climates. But the ones that grow in more temperate climates like we have here in New England uh, are pretty much all the same. So whether you're 
finding it like here in New England or maybe like up in Quebec or over in England. It's, you know, anything in the temperate climate are, are more closely related. And then there's these like cool, weird tropical varieties that I don't know anything about because they don't grow in my backyard. So are all of these 500 varieties of nettles then, are they all stinging? Uh, not all of them, I think, is my answer there. I'm not 100% sure. So uh, what I will say is most of them, if not all of them. Um, I didn't get no. a definitive 100% all nettles have stingers. But that's the big definer, like, on a nettle. Uh, they, uh, they are similar to mint in a lot of ways except you know they've got no smell uh they kind of it looks like a massive mint plant i guess is why people say it's similar to mint because it doesn't smell like mint it doesn't taste like mint but the leaves are shaped similarly to mint and uh they do have stingers so they've got these long like wispy hairs that um, grow sort of up and out of the plant and uh, have you been stung by a nettle stinger before Lindsay? yeah i have yeah i have how would you describe the sensation? Because everybody's like pain threshold is different. So for me, I have a pretty high pain threshold. Yeah, same. I would, I would call it like more of a burning. Yeah, it felt like, um, like somebody like almost that same sort of sensation as somebody slapped a sunburn or like after a cat scratch not the initial cat scratch but like that sort of like irritated stinging sensation after a cat scratches you yeah yeah it's weird it's a weird sensation it's not harsh like a jellyfish uh, but it doesn't tickle yeah they do have these stingers and when you harvest nettles you obviously you can wear gloves and avoid that altogether uh, a lot of people will just do that uh, but uh, you can also harvest them from the bottom. Like the, they're not covered in these hairs. You can see them. They're like these long, fine, little stingy hairs that grow out of the plant. And because they're not coated in them, you can actually like avoid them. Like you can if you are like paying attention and picking blackberries from a bramble or picking a rose you can like you can go in and around them if you're paying attention especially if you approach the plant from the bottom so if you snap the stalks and sort of like go bottom up but if you just reach down to a thicket of of nettles yeah you're gonna get fucked up don't do that I also, um, I didn't know, I guess I sort of should have assumed because most plants like that flower, but I didn't know that nettles flower and they, um, they have little, I've seen them described as small purple, but also sort of a grayish green. So I think they're kind of like a mauve color flower and they, the flowers grow in like little dangly clusters where the, what's the word I'm looking for here, where the leaf branch meets the stem. They grow in single stalks. So they kind of like at that apex of where the leaf sticks out of the stem or the stalk, they grow there and and they grow under the leaf. And I thought that was really weird. It was like little flower now, dingleberries. is the plant usable after it flowers? Not really. Uh, you have to catch it like when it's young. So right now you're sort of like at the end of May. You're at the tail end of nettle season here in New England. Uh, up where my mom lives in Nova Scotia, they'll probably be able to continue harvesting nettles for another three, four weeks because their climate's just a tad bit colder than ours. Uh, but wow. you can uh, you can actually, if you find a nettle patch, and they do grow in like patches because they self-seed or they send little runners under the ground 
ground and they grow in, in fairly large clusters, but you can keep them young, essentially. Uh, if you keep going in and harvesting, then it doesn't give the plant a chance to grow flowers. And you can take as much as you want with nettles, essentially. You know, if you start ripping them up by the roots, they're not going to grow back. And that's going to be a pain in the butt if you want to keep harvesting that place. Mm -hmm. But if you just harvest the plants, they're considered invasive. Uh, They're like, there's no risk of over harvesting nettles. Uh, Not in anything that I've read in the recent couple of weeks. Uh, you can usually also like maybe you have a local person that goes and forages. Uh, I get mine from mushrooms for your friends um, because the proprietor of that business knows exactly where to go in the area to go pick them and and does harvest responsibly. If you're walking around and you find them, you're you're looking at like moist, like upturned soil areas. So uh, the edges of farms are popular. Uh, banks of rivers or ponds, swampy, like adjacent to swampy areas. They don't grow in the swamp, but they want like a moist, fertile soil. And they're cool in pretty much anything but complete shade. So it could be full sun or it could be partial sun. Uh, the only thing they don't grow in is if they, they, they need some sunlight. They're, you know, they're, they're like us. We need just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little but yeah, you you want to essentially pick them before they start to flower because after they start to flower, they they it gets they get tougher and bitter and and when they're young, you can use both the stalks and the leaves. So if you get them when they're nice and young, you could just clean the whole thing and chop it all up and use it all together. Uh, when they start to get a little bit bigger, then you want to use just the leaves because the stalks get kind of woody. So what kind of things are you say, are you talking about uh, using it in? Hmm. Yeah, so a lot of stuff. Sorry, caught me in a mouthful of beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can you can use the nettles in all kinds of things, and I think that that was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk like just about nettles today, is because there are there are medicinal uses for them. There are I will call them. Uh, apothecary uses for them so medicine adjacent Uh, there are magical uses for them there are uh, uh, food or nutrient uses for them as well as just other one of the others that I found is apparently um, if you grind them up and mix them with the appropriate uh, solvent for clothing dye it will dye your clothes yellow. And it was a, a popular, like, to dye wool or linens. Nettles gives a yellow color when mixed with, I think it was alum. Oh. I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure the thing you mixed with nettles to get that was alum. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of things. And I think my gut first introduced to nettles through food, uh, working in restaurants, in the kitchen. And nettles were, you know, sort of this like almost like ramps, um, the the less popular cousin of ramps, where everybody was like, "Oh my god, ramps are so good! They're everything. Everything should have ramps for the next three weeks in every restaurant ever." And then people were like, "But also nettles," uh, and <laughs> I've seen them used a lot, ground up into pesto instead of basil. Just same thing, just use nettles instead of basil, pesto. Uh, I've seen oh. them in d- take that pesto. You can then add it to uh, pasta. You can add it to bread. You can add it to sauces. Um, I my favorite way that I've ever had nettles is as an iced tea lemonade thing. So uh, there's a little uh, in season uh, food shop 
locally here in Somerville. And last summer, they had a rhubarb nettles lemon uh, beverage. It was it was kind of a mixture between a kombucha and a tonic. I don't know. It was really good, but it tasted very nettles forward. And yeah, you can use it in all kinds of food stuff. You can just clean them, um, saute them and with a little butter and garlic. You can stir fry them. You can uh, you know, add them to all kinds of stuff. Interesting. So when you're preparing it, I, I have to assume that you're like removing the part of it that stings, right? So after you cook them or dry them, it no longer stings. So uh, like... Like anything, okay. if you have an aversion, like I get a cat scratch. If you get like hives and blisters, don't eat nettles. Like it's the same way as don't eat shellfish <laughs> if it makes your throat itchy. Well, I've actually got a thing here, uh, oh, if oh, I if yeah. I may, if yeah, I totally. if I may jump into engineer's corner. Hundred yeah. percent, Lindsay. You you're you're also a food industry type, just as I am. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody come in and tell you they have a nightshade allergy? I have not. No, I've known a f- I've known a couple people in my life with a nightshade allergy. Now, nightshades are things like tomatoes, potatoes, bell peppers. Those are all in the right. nightshade family. And when Veronica was saying the flowers grew under grew under the leaves when they do flower, I was like, oh, are nettles part of the nightshade family? And it turns out that horse oh. nettles. Horse nettles are part of the nightshade family. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know shit. if all, I don't know if I don't know if all varieties of nettles are under the the nightshade family. Wow. But nightshade food allergy, if we're, since we're talking about yeah. cooking, if someone has a nightshade allergy, maybe don't with the nettles. Don't don't with <laughs> literally don't yeah. with the nettles. Yes, don't with yeah. the nettles. They are they are a member of the nightshade family in most cool. varieties. Very cool. Oh, Thank you, Engineer smart. Dan. My <laughs> pleasure. I did not know that. <laughs> Uh, I never thought about when I was reading about the flowers, what else flowers like that. That's totally true. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm trying to think if there was other food things that I really enjoyed with nettles. But yeah, I think I was saying, you know, after, after you cook or dry them, the stingers don't sting anymore and you can like saute them fresh or you can boil them off. Almost all the old texts that I found, especially when it comes to using them for teas, tonics, astringents, medicinal uses, boil them. And you could chop it all up together with the stems, again, if it's really young, but they just sort of boiled the whole thing and then either pressed the juice out of it or turned it into a pulp or whatever. So once it's, oh, once cool. you do that with it, it's fine. It shouldn't sting you anymore. Cool. I did read somewhere in doing my own nettle research. Um, somebody had written that if you do get stung by a nettle, that you can um, slice open the stalk and apply the juices to where the sting is, and that that's oh. to make it go away or help it go away. I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I've never tried yeah. it myself. Yeah, I mean, it can't get but any I worse. Thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, one of the other things that helps with nettle stings, cold water will help soothe, but uh, curly dock, which is adjacent to burdock, and we'll cover both of those in coming uh, weeks as well, but curly dock, you take the leaves of curly dock and make a spit poultice out of it. So basically take a leaf, clean it off, chew it around your mouth, smear that with some of your own spit on the sting, and it will soothe the pain and the itch from the sting. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think Super on the cool. the food line, too, I did read a bunch of recipes that were specific to different 
which ritual celebrations and that sort of thing. So things like nettle soup or nettle champagne being really uh, popular for uh, Beltane, um, for Astara, nettle pudding with barley. It sounded disgusting, <laughs> but basically you boiled <laughs> nettles with barley, which sounds great but then you like boiled it so far down that the barley made this gross like wallpaper paste you cooled it and then you cut <laughs> shapes with it and then you like fried those shapes I, like i don't know they lost me at boiling the barley to paste but oh i would eat it I would try that. <laughs> but yeah there's food wise you know soups wine champagne beer salads stir fries breads puddings like if you can basically if you could use kale for it you can use nettles Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, sort of, I mentioned, you know, sort of apothecary ad adjacent to medicinal. I'm, I, I'm just going to go with apothecary uses. Uh, it's really popular for uh, oils and, and taking the juices and distilling it down to essentially an essential nettle oil uh, for soaps. And you can use it in hair rinses for anti-dandruff and anti-grease. I had a hair mask um, for a while that I was buying pre-made that was rosemary and nettles. And I wish I could find it. It made, like, I swear to God, this, like, this hair goop was green and it smelled terrible. But <laughs> I have never had, like, nicer curls fresh out of the shower, just air-dried. It just really made everything like chill i've got some pretty gnarly woolly frizzy hair and this just made everything <laughs> chill so with my baggie and nettles i'm hoping to make some hair goop yeah dude let me know how it goes my hair is not frizzy at all it's like pretty straight and flat so yeah anytime my hair is like <laughs> full of volume and i want to flip it around i'm feeling pretty good that day. <laughs> <day. laughs> i engineer dan look forward to yet another bottle of something in the shower i'm like not touching it <laughs> <laughs> someday i will when i'm in full force i will i will take a photo for the instagram of uh of the shower and because i've got I, i've got a lot of different bottles in there on occasion i also like sometimes you need a soap for dry skin and sometimes you need a soap for your face and sometimes like i like body products <laughs> i like natural body products <laughs> And I will not be part of that photo shoot. I no, no, no. <laughs> I did not. I did not sign up for that shit. I just want you guys to know that sometimes when I'm in the shower, I look around and I'm like, "All right, just don't touch anything, <laughs> and you'll be clean." <laughs> well, if you were ever experiencing, you know, greasy hair or dandruff, just I'll start labeling them nettles. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's the sort of adjacent apothecarial uses. I'm going to uh, take a hot second here before I jump into the actual medicinal uses because that's pretty lengthy. These nettles are some pretty dope plants. They're really rich in vitamins and minerals and iron, and turns out that's good for a lot of different things. Uh, but if you have nettles or you know where you can get nettles and you're like, great, I could cook them now, but what do I do with them later? There are a couple of ways to preserve them. You can dry them like you would dry anything else, hang them upside down by their stems in, you know, not too tight bunches and let them blow on a clothesline for a little bit or hang on them in your window or just make sure they don't get moldy while they're drying. 
Or I found this cool recipe. I've never seen this before called a conserve. And I got this in a book uh, that I've pulled a lot of recipes and information from for today. But the Hearth Witches Compendium uh, by Anna Franklin. And a conserve is when you take a plant, usually a flower, but in this case nettles, and some sugar and you grind them together in a mortar and pestle. So basically you make nettle sugar. It's like a pound of nettles and two and a half pounds of sugar. So I don't know what kind of mortar and pestle you're using for this, but you can <laughs> do that and it will preserve the nettles all like similar to drying, but then I guess obviously you have a whole bunch of sugar too. So you can make some, some nettle right. sugar for stuff. That's super cool. Which is, yeah, which is great because I definitely saw recipes for... Uh, nettle syrup and stuff like that too that you could take like a teaspoon of for you know your complexion or whatever Ooh, uh, also like also i assume like it would be great in cocktails because you can make champagne and beer uh, and wine out of it uh, the wine was the recipe that was in this book that i just mentioned is also with ginger and lemon sounded pretty delicious um oh, yeah. from somebody who's never made wine and doesn't know what she's doing there but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can yeah dry them grind it with sugar and that'll keep the the nettle sort of fresh and the flavor alive uh, and the medicinal properties intact or you can use it fresh uh, so don't worry if you have a whole bunch like I do and you're like I can't eat all of this shit right now what do I do with it I'm going to dry mine but you could also grind it with sugar cool on the medicinal side of things there's there's a lot. So I'm going to read a little list here, but there's a, a lot of cool things. So medicinally speaking, it's an astringent, so it like draws stuff out. Uh, it's used for bleeding because it's a hemostat. I think I'm saying that right. Hemostat. I'm going with hemostat because it's like hemophilia uh, because it stops bleeding. It's an irritant. I don't know why entirely you'd want to use it as an irritant, although I do have one story about that, which I'll tell in a sec. Um, it's full of nutrients and vitamins, so it's just a good like multivitamin bump for your body. Um, you can use it in tonics. Uh, it's really good for treating a cold before it matures. Uh, and you can use the roots. This, the only thing I saw for the roots were that if you use the roots... Um, to make a tea, specifically the roots, that that tea would be good to clear the chest of congestion. But everything else was stalks and leaves, primarily leaves. On the, oh, okay. on the hemostat, the stop bleeding side, uh, there's two ways sort of to make a tonic or a tea. Uh, you can have a third of a cup twice daily for just like a general health boost. Uh, I don't know why you take a third of a cup twice daily and not just take a whole cup once daily. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can have some tea for a health boost. Uh, or you can take a stronger infusion. Um, if you are experiencing bleeding, so maybe things like a bleeding ulcer or that sort of thing, it's supposed to be good for that. Uh, but it used to be really popular, uh, especially in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that would be dried and ground into a fine powder and snuffed to stop nosebleeds. Oh, which I thought was really cool. I just like I like the idea of going to an apothecarial shop and then being like, "Here's a tin of of nettle snuff for your kid who's experiencing <laughs> a lot of nosebleeds." 
I don't. I, I thought that it was cool. been handy when I broke my nose, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I, I wasn't there for that, but I'm inclined to believe that you would just need like a whole nettle plant strapped to your face for that one. <laughs> yeah, I bled a lot. <laughs> I think this is more for chronic nosebleeds, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not seeing the cut guy in the corner of like in a boxer's corner applying nettle swabs. Um, and then oh, I, fuck. I mentioned it's an irritant, and I read as well one small thing that uh, mentioned that it was uh, as an irritant used as a sexual stimulant because it stings. Not on people, but not on people. Well, maybe on people. I'm sure somebody, if they figured this out, somebody used it on themselves. But it was a popular, uh, it was a popular irritant to stimulate farm animals into getting horny and making them breed with each other. And yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) if you're, if your cow's not getting it on and you really need more baby cows, Tickle, tickle its dick with some nettles. Ooh, <laughs> <wah>. <laughs> so, a lot of yeah, a lot of ways to to ingest it, use it, brew it, dry it, grind it up, snuff it, smear it on your face, mix it in your hair, all kinds of great stuff with this plant. It's sort of a, a cure all plant, which I really enjoy. In the spirit of all of this, like, using nettle to, like, cure things, I came across a, a kind of cute recipe. Ooh. I mean, it's probably not so cute to the people who it was used on, but there's this recipe called the Nine Herbs Charm, or Nine Herbs Charm. Um, <laughs> that was, you're so welcome. It was recorded in uh, this medical manuscript called Lacnunga, which translates from Old English roughly to remedies. And it was written in the, in the 10th century. So there's these nine herbs. Nettle is one of those. Nettle, mugwort, yeah. cotsfur grass, lamb's crest, or lamb's crest, sorry, no tea. Mayweed, crabapple, thyme, fennel, and plantain. I have all so, but one of those in my yard. Oh, really? Yeah, we should find that. <laughs> we'll go through this list again and find them all and do this because it sounds great so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like I found it on the internet. So it was used for treatment of poisoning and infection. So basically what you're, you were supposed to do is crush the herbs to dust and mix it with old soap and apple juice. <laughs> and then you, you make a paste from water and ashes. You'll boil fennel into the paste and then you'll bathe the paste with beaten egg both before and after it is applied. Oh boy! It's, it's a lot. It's a. I'm starting to recant my desire to try this. <laughs> right. So so then you're gonna sing the charm three times over each of the herbs and the apple as they're prepared three times. And this is a long charm. Like this this charm probably has like five six lines on each of these herbs and the apple that are going into it. Whoa. (laughs) And you have to say that three times over the herbs and the apple as they're prepared. And then you also have to sing it into the mouth of the patient, both of their ears and over the wound prior to applying the salve. 
this is awesome. I wonder if the charm, <laughs> the length of the charm is adjacent to like how long you need to mix, kind of like when you're kneading bread or or washing your hands it's like sing these three verses to hit 20 seconds they're like <laughs> say this charm <laughs> yeah say this charm three times and it'll be mixed long enough maybe i mean it could be yeah it's it's a long charm dude i'll uh, i'll send it to you but anybody else anybody listening if you want to look it up all you have to do is type into the google or whatever search engine you use nine herbs charm it'll so come cool. right up for you that's yeah. awesome i can't wait to check that out uh, I know you yeah, did cool. some other fun, uh, some other fun nettle research around more of the folklore uh, history side of it. So I think this is a great time for yeah. us to to take a quick break, and we'll come right back with with some folklore and some Lindsay storytelling. Yeah, with stories, woo, fairy tales. <laughs> Welcome back, witches. I'm yeah. ready to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lindsay's got some cool, like folklore, fairy tale, um, more more information on nettles from that perspective. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. shut my mouth. Take it away, Lindsay. There was actually <laughs> like there was a ton of folklore on metal on metals nettles. Um, but I'm going to start off with more like magical uses and like zodiac stuff, because I think that that stuff's important too. Uh, so for nettles, its planetary ruler is Mars, and thus it is associated with the Roman god of war, Mars. Oh. Uh, its element is fire. It is considered masculine and is associated with the zodiac sign Scorpio. Scorpio. As far as like magical stuff goes it's used in the consecration of ritual blades i did it that. can be yeah which i thought was cool and which i didn't really know i guess i've never really consecrated my athame which i can't even find right now oh so no <laughs> i don't need yeah <laughs> i have the sheath for it i just don't have the actual blade oh, that's um, the important part <laughs> I know, right? I, don't, I have no idea what I do with it. I'll find it somewhere. It can be burned to drive out negativity and unwanted spirits. It can be used in protection bags. It can also be ground into a powder and used to break curses. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know how. I didn't, I didn't find, like, a curse-breaking spell or anything for it, but this is what I was told from my readings. And I know that when we were talking before the episode, we were kind of like going through what we had. And you mentioned a couple that I didn't find. Yeah. So two that I had found um, were that it was associated with journeys to the underworld, as well as the oh, life yeah. events of birth and funerals. But the only problem is that I decided to indulge myself with the books that I have this week, as opposed to dive, uh, diving into the internet. So I didn't, I didn't find any further information on those, which is kind of a bummer because I love the like uh, the aspect of journeys to the underworld related to nettles. But maybe I'll have to maybe that'll be a different episode down the road because the book that I drew from just said that 
and nothing more. I'm like, you're like, you're leaving out the best parts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to require more research, but I thought that was really cool that you found that and mentioned it because in some of my reading, I also saw that while nettle is associated with probably all of the Sabbaths, it's most closely associated with Samhain because of the whole like death underworld thing. Oh, cool. Well, maybe that's exactly where that comes from then. And they just didn't extrapolate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, as far as mythology goes, there's a bunch of stuff in mythology. I kind of, I, I, I took a few things. So, in Norse mythology, it's associated with Thor, the god of thunder. So, burning the nettles in a fire will protect from his lightning during thunderstorms. Oh, cool. Yeah. Also, in Norse mythology, it's associated with Loki the trickster god who spun his fishing nets out of nettle out of nettle yeah uh, okay uh, out of, yeah. interesting all right all right oh, yeah dude so nettle <laughs> was um it was it, it used to be spun into flax it was really strong it was made, oh. it was used for like all kinds of things i had no idea that's yeah. wild <laughs> Um, in West African mythology, there's a, uh, a god who takes the form of a spider. He's also described as a folk hero, so I'm a little unsure if, if they were actually a god or a folk hero, but it's Anansi, who probably a lot of people have heard of. So in this little story, um, this is not the fairy tale, but this is just <laughs> kind of like a funny little story. Anansi had to chop down a patch of nettles to win the hand of some king's daughter right and he had to do it without itching and scratching <laughs> from, from the stains That's of the awesome. nettle <laughs> so but he goes about it and he he tricks everybody watching including the king by asking about the cows who eat the nettles so he does this by like every time he asks a question about the cows He'll use, he would use a part of his body that had been stung to refer to the cow's body, and he'd, like, rub at the sting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Such a trickster. Cute. That's really cute. <laughs> Such a trickster. I know. And then I have a little fairy tale that Hans Christian Andersen wrote Ooh. in, like, 18, maybe 38-ish. I didn't write down the date. I read it a bazillion times, but I didn't write it down. I think it was 1838. Long time ago. And it's called The Wild Swans. Oh, I don't know this one. I used to read a lot of Hans Christian Andersen when I was a kid, and I don't remember this one either. I did reread it today, but uh, I greatly condensed it for the sake of this podcast. Fair. So. I his original formats, especially, are um, windy and wordy, and not unlike this podcast. And uh, <laughs> but they are um, much more graphic than the the nice, polite, Disneyized versions that we get uh, most often as oh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, I, and it's beautiful. The language is beautiful. And I wish that I could read the whole thing, but it would take a half an hour to <laughs> recite that thing. So this is <laughs> the abridged version. So there's this gal, right? And her name's Eliza. And she's a princess. And she has these 11 prince brothers. And they have this stepmother 
who does not like them. So she, like, after the stepmother marries their father, the king, the stepmother sends Eliza off to live with a peasant couple in the country. And she gets rid of the brothers by telling them, oh, you have to go off and find your way in the world. And she turns them into swans. Okay. 11 swans. So many years later, and by happenstance, Eliza is reunited with her bros. And she learns of their curse. So she's reunited with them as swan. She's like, hey, swan bro. Well, yeah. So she like, she runs into this old lady and she was like, have you seen like my 11 brothers? And the old lady's like, no, but I did see 11 swans with crowns on their heads. (laughs) (laughs) There's no brothers, but there's these really ridiculous fancy dress swans. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So she like Eliza like waits around and the swans come and the way that the curse goes is that like by day they're swans but as soon as night falls they turn back into their human form. Okay. So night falls, Eliza's there, she sees them, they tell her of the curse, and Eliza's like, Well, fuck, I've gotta figure out a way to help you. So she prays for a dream telling her how to save her brothers while apparently like while she's sleeping she's praying for this like answer and in her dream she's visited by a fairy who tells her that in order to save her brothers in order to lift the curse she must collect metal growing upon graves in a churchyard if she collects it anywhere else it's not going to work she then must spin it into flax with her hands and feet and she has to weave it into eleven long-sleeved coats. <laughs> so I thought, and my brain went scarves because of swans' necks. <laughs> I like that it's eleven long-sleeved coats. I feel like at the time that this was written, long sleeves were not like sewn onto jackets. They were like they were tied on kind of thing. Like long right. sleeve coats were not an easy thing to make. <laughs> if I may, really quickly, well, the- engineer yeah. corner. This was a this was a Danish tale from 1838, so there absolutely oh, okay. were long okay. coats. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, I got the date wrong. <laughs> I thought, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, I for some reason, yeah, my brain was like 1538. Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah, 1838, and and you'll you'll understand like once I get to the end, you'll understand why it needed to be long sleeved. The scarf would have been a lot easier for her. <laughs> I will say that right now. because this took her a while so there was no like time frame she didn't have to do it within like two days or whatever it was like you have this is what you gotta do but while she's in the process of completing this task she can't speak she can't utter a word if she utters a single word her brothers die the word will like pierce through their hearts and kill them Harsh. Which is not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that she's like, okay, I've got these swan by days, men by night brothers, and I want to help them. But yeah. now I'm locked into making 11 long sleeve coats. Now, first, picking nettles in hard to find locations, spinning it yeah. into thread making 11 long sleeve coats. And if I like say fuck because I stub my toe, they die. <laughs> I don't think that made yeah, it dude, better. It's crazy. 
no it didn't and like i left out a bunch of it but like <laughs> she's in a cave she's in oh a my cave God. while she's doing this yeah because they like they met and then they like they made a net and they flew her to an island and there's like oh you'll have to read it you'll just have to read it because it's a lot so she starts doing this right and she's a couple of days into it and she's completed one of the coats and she's in this cave and she hears like a hunt right like a like a hunt horn like a yeah like a bugle or whatever yeah totally and she's like, oh, fuck, what's that? And they come, and they find her. And there's, like, dogs and stuff. And it's this king with his, like, hunting party. And the king is like, oh, you're so beautiful. What are you doing in this cave? You have to, you have, you must come with me. And she can't talk. She can't be like, no, dude, fuck off. <laughs> because How her brother for him. <laughs> so he, like, swoops her up. And what choice does she have? What is she going to do? Is she going to beat up this king? Probably not. She's a fair little maiden. Maybe she could. I don't know. Either way, she she go she ends up going with him. So she goes with him. She gets to his palace. She finds out he's a very kind king, very kind. Uh, and she discovers that the king has a cemetery with nettles growing. So she cools it. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. So she's able to continue her task. And it, it's it's a little unclear as to like how long this goes on where she's making these, but I, I have to imagine it's probably like a couple of weeks. So for a couple of weeks, every night while the king is sleeping, she goes to the cemetery and she picks her nettles and she comes and like and is making these coats. So there's this dickhead archbishop, right, who sees her going to the cemetery every night. And he decides that she's a witch because also in the cemetery, there's like these ghouls who she's really ignoring, but she can see them. And I think the archbishop can see them too. And he just kind of assumes that she's in league with them. Okay. She's not. She's just, she's just picking the nettles, but like the ghouls are there. So but, he decides. Sorry, what? but she's not going, oh, go away, ghoul, because she can't talk. Right. So he yeah, just assumes she that she's talk. in league with these ghouls because she's mm-hmm. not saying, away, ye demon, or whatever the Danish equivalent right. is of that. <laughs> right. I mean, to be fair, he had it out for, for her from the beginning. He was never into her. He was always like, ugh, gold digging, blah, blah, <laughs> oh, blah. Oh, the king's in love with a, with a lady from a cave. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he decides she's a witch and he convinces the king that she's a witch because he the, he brings the king to the cemetery one night while she's there and the king sees the ghouls and the king's like, oh my God, you must be right. Holy shit. Why isn't anybody like so, get rid of the fucking ghouls? Well, she can't talk to them <laughs> and I don't think she knows how to get rid of them because she's, she's super innocent. <laughs> but I like that and... the king's reaction isn't like, the fuck are these ghouls doing in my cemetery? It's like, oh, you're right. She is a witch. <laughs> That's much worse. Yeah, dude, because at first he was like, no, no, not Eliza. No, Eliza's way too pure, way too innocent. There's no way. But he sees these ghouls and he's like, oh, my gosh, you're right. So Eliza's sentenced to death. Death day comes around and the brothers show up. The brothers show up at night and they're like, we must be our sister, blah, blah, blah. So they see her and then, you know, morning comes. And so actually, this must have been the night before death day. Morning comes, they turn into their swans. Um, 
and she has finished at this point she has finished all but one sleeve on the final coat now as she is being carted away to her doom she flings the coats over her brothers who have come and they're like squawking they're they're on the cart (laughs) rolling away and they're squawking and they're like flapping their wings and they're trying to keep everybody away from her she flings these coats on them and as she flings the coats on them they all turn into their human form with the exception of the youngest brother who is wearing the coat with only one sleeve. He is human all around except for his left arm, which is a bird wing. <laughs> so metal people. I think I think I have just found the plot of my next Dungeons and Dragons game. <laughs> <laughs> So now that she's able to speak, she's like, I can speak now. I am innocent. And her older, her oldest brother is like, yes, she is innocent. And they, like, everybody's like, oh, my gosh. And all of the townspeople are like, oh, my gosh, she's a saint, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, bow to her and all of this stuff. And then she and the king get married. <laughs> and she's just like, it's cool. You thought I was a witch who was going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end <laughs> that was a fantastic fever dream of a fairy tale <laughs> all about nettles <laughs> and also some swans and a crazy religious dude and a naive yeah. king <laughs> yeah there is a lot more to it it's um it, it's kind of it's long reading but it's not that, it's not like book form but it's like a fairy tale length I you I know. think my favorite part of the abridged version is the fact that the swans had crowns. I don't know why I just get like I, I just they get a did. kick out of that. <laughs> In the full version they have crowns too. <laughs> if I may plug a YouTube channel really quickly, if you go onto YouTube and you go to Rose Ozy Enzy, they have apparently animated the Han Christian Anderson's The Wild Swans. It's a 51-minute animated joint, which will give you the whole story. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, you know. Get, I'm totally going to watch that now. There you go. Yeah. Make some tea. and yeah. uh, Grab your rollies and move. Grab your rollies <laughs> and hop on the old YouTube because Rose OZNZ, I assume that's somebody named Rose from New Zealand, has made a 51-minute animated version of The Wild Swan. That's awesome. I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> so cute oh my god sweet well i'm gonna end on one more piece of folklore about nettles that i uh that i had read and totally forgot about and when you mentioned the fishing nets with loki it uh, jogged my memory but apparently uh a piece of i want to say it's english folklore but i'm not 100 percent sure but if you wash your hands with nettle oil then you will attract fish when you are fishing. <gasps> I said that too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so cool. I didn't write it down because I thought that you were going to catch it, and then I totally forgot about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a parallel. That you mentioned it. That's a parallel to Loki's fishing net. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, all the fun and weird and interesting things about nettles. I love how long they've been around, how they've permeated all kinds of different cultures because they grow all over the world. 
and you can still find them and use them maybe in your backyard. Backyard, quote unquote, <laughs> in an area yeah. near you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, before we totally sign off, I wanted to share. Uh, I had a really lovely experience today, and I'm going to call it not Pussy of the Week, but Pussy in the Wild. Uh, and yeah. for those of you who maybe are like, what is up with this pussy thing? Just as a friendly reminder, we have, uh, go back, I can't remember which episode it is, but we have defined pussy in the past. Um, pussy has nothing to do with your genitalia or uh, the predefined notion of what a uh, a bro might say a pussy is kind of thing. It's not a derogatory term. It's a flattering term. We have decided to reclaim that word. And pussy is somebody who is kind and takes no shit and is uh, caring about those around them, is flexible, is gentle, is all the things a, a pussy can be. Uh, but uh, I had a really lovely experience. I was out at the Safe Supply Market here in Somerville today getting some groceries. And uh, I have a clasping hands tattoo on my neck, which is a Frank Turner tattoo. And Frank Turner is a, uh, a musician that I love dearly. I love everything that he stands for. And this lady who was working the um, one of the booths at the Safe Supply commented on my tattoo and it's the first time that anybody has, uh, just a stranger has said, oh my God, that's a Frank Turner tattoo. And so it was <laughs> like, usually it's something dumb where people are like, is that a honey bear on your arm? I'm like, yes, it's a honey bear on my arm. I'm not rolling up my sleeve so you can see my arm. Uh, but, <laughs> but this was like a genuine, she like, she was so excited and I was so excited because instantly we had this thing in common that we both love Frank Turner. And we started talking about Lost Evening's uh, concert series here in Boston that we were both at. She shared her experiences in meeting him. And we talked about the sense of community that we both find in... Um, in his songs and that sort of thing. But it wasn't really about Frank. It was about uh, having this really random, unexpected encounter with a stranger who could have just said nothing and thought in her head, oh my God, that person has a Frank Turner tattoo. I also love Frank Turner. But instead, uh, they like she she said something and it totally made my day because I got to have that experience that I have been looking for recently and sharing a communal experience with somebody I don't know over something that brings me joy, which I find at concerts that we can't go to right now. And, and yeah, it was just a really lovely, empowering, um, kind and lovely experience with a total stranger today. So kudos to this young lady. I don't know her name, uh, but she, she was awesome. She was super super chill about it. She was super nice. She was, uh, yeah, she was just saying nice things and making the space around her a little more kind. And that's, that's a very pussy thing to do. So I'd love to hear if you're listening and somebody has brought some joy into your life. A stranger has said or done something really nice. Doesn't matter what their gender is. Pussy is genderless. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us about your kind and random pussy in the wild experiences. Um, drop us a line on our email at five c two p pod, or you can tag us on Instagram. Message us on Instagram, but email gives you a little more space to really write it out. <laughs> I want to hear that, that full too, story. 
awesome human interaction during a time where meaningful interaction with any human is, you know, scarce. A hundred percent. Few and far between. A hundred percent. Like when, when there's so limited interaction with like people that you know, let alone strangers to have a like really positive um, experience with a stranger was, yeah, it was just, it was lovely. It totally made my day. And reminded me that people can still connect and be dope to each other, even when we have to stand six feet apart in masks. Totally. Be so, so be a little more pussy today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I think that's our episode for today. Uh, be a little more pussy. Check out some nettles. Check out that cool YouTube video. Look at the two-faced cat. There's so much to do today. But so what, much. <laughs> but what you will never do and what we will never allow. Till next week, no pervs, no Nazis. Yeah, totally. I panda appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pan appreciated. Oh, no. <laughs> appreciated. Keep going. <laughs> I thought you were going to do some sort of like pandan something. I don't know. Go ahead. No, what do you got? What? I... Pandan something? Pandamic. Pandamic? Pandanic. Pandanic. During this pandemic, be a little more pussy, would you? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first word that popped in my head. I got nothing. You know, I love that you meshed my name with the animal that I associate with, but also with the disease that we're all sort of sheltering from. Pandemic. Be more pandemic, you pussies. <laughs> to be, be fair, more... that was the only word I could think of, too. <laughs> be more chill. But pandas, like, they're, they're fucking now that people aren't around. So be more chill now that people aren't around. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, yeah. This has gone way off the rails. <laughs> F- fuck privately. And 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 be kind publicly. <laughs> yeah. Is that. That, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to leave all this in. <laughs> of course you are. Turner has a Ginny Bingham song. If you're heading down to Camden Town, be sure to raise a toast to the patron saint of the waifs and strays. Ginny Bingham's ghost. Once she was a fresh-faced lass from Kentish Town, she came. Her people, they were peddlers. Ginny Bingham was her name. With her husband, Gypsy George, a Camden coach house they did keep. Till they hung him by his neck from Tyburn Tree for stealing sheep. It broke her heart to lose her love when she was just a child. So a man named Darby took the hand of Ginny Meek and Mild. He was a drinker, not a thinker. Daily brought his wife to tears. Till one Camden winter morning, Darby simply disappeared. If you're heading down to Camden Town, be sure to raise a toast to the patron saint of the waste and strays, Ginny Bingham's ghost. 
temptation on those bitter Camden streets. If you tarry with the Bingham girl, you'd hold your manhood cheap. But even so, the Miser Pitcher was the third man on her lips. Till one night they checked her oven, found him burned up to a crisp. They tried her for his murder, thought they finally cooked her goose. But even when the next man died, Ginny somehow slipped the noose. He was a fugitive from justice, for love she took him in. But he beat her once too often, and the poison did him in. If you're heading down to Camden Town, be sure to raise a toast to the painter saying that the waste of strays to Ginny Bingham's ghost. A mob broke down her door and from her chair her body pried. The tavern is still standing, it's now called the underworld, and it still offers sanctuary for all broken boys and girls. 